shit. That it, instantly you talk about slasher movies, and I'm instantly like, yes, I am. I am awake. I am instantly hard, <laughs> invigorated again. Yes, <laughs> rock hard for murder. Uh, I want to see horny teenagers die. Yeah. Uh, God, man, that's that's perfect. What was it? Fear Street. The the two of them. Yeah, it's I watched crazy. the first two Fear Streets. Um, Sleepaway Camp. Friday See what 13th I was talking remake. about with the first one, though, where it's like solid, but like the characters are almost overdeveloped by the end of it. Yeah, we can get into that. I was not a fan of the first one. I thought the second one was actually really strong. Not a fan at all. Not really. Like I like the opening, and I like the general idea they have behind it. Yeah. Um, it's more so like the problem with the show for me is they write the characters so terribly. Um, that's why I really like the second one because it actually had characters I cared about and rooted for. Um, so the first one for anybody who hasn't seen See, it, yet, I think Fear the Street characters, on Netflix. The, I think the characters in the first one, like I said, I think I said it on here before the dialogue is written very well where it feels authentic. Like at least like how kids talked when I was in high school and shit. So it's like, I like that still had a little bit of an issue with the like ambiguity of age, but in, in these ones, I think it's the opposite of the normal slasher movie where it's like, uh, you normally have like 30 playing 18. This, yeah. it kind of felt like, like 15, 16-year-old actors playing, like, 18-year-olds. So that was the only weird thing with the first one. But I do agree with you that, like, the characters themselves, like, the actions and things they do, the motivation and everything is kind of all over the place and weird. But I think that's also because that movie is basically, like, a big setup movie. Like, they should have just pitched this. You keep calling it a show, but they should have just pitched it as a show, like not as yeah. three separate movies. Like they should have just been like, it's a mini series, like American horror story. And each That's episode is like. going to be a new isolated story. Oh it yeah. It feels like a, a mini series. Like a, it feels like it, you know how like it was like what four episodes or something like that. And That's it, what it totally, feels like. it, it kind of even is like tapping into that idea of it with like, it was like, uh, the sort of dual timelines thing where one half is going to be the kids, one half is the adults. And instead of it doing that and sharing the same characters, it's it's like uh, like three different timelines, but they all sort of weave together. Uh, so there's, I feel like there's definitely some inspiration for it, at least in the first two. I haven't watched that third one yet. I'm like... I haven't seen the third uh, one yet. I, I watched the first one and I enjoyed it for what it was. I think I told you guys it was one of those things where it's like, it's not so bad. You can't get through it. Like it's solid. It has that one fucking super gnarly kill. I guess we're getting yes. into spoilers and things, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, I'll give people a moment to pause it if not, but, uh, that fucking bread slicer kill, man, uh, top notch. Yeah. And that is like the the main positives I'll say about the show. Like the the kills are fantastic. Like yeah, they're some I of the best kills at... I've seen in a in a movie in a long time. Did you see like did you look up who did the uh Fear Street effects? No, I have no idea about any of it really. Yeah, um, I was but surprised the kills are great cause... because they're so like unflinching. You just and it's it's like a I know they're doing digital effects um as they might be doing some some uh, practical stuff too, but it all looks fantastic. And you see, like, 
you know, if they're getting stabbed, you see the knife go in, you see the the knife come out and the guts and everything. Like it's that's the where best, it, like, it way reminds it. me a lot of uh, of Scream. That's another one that it felt like it had a lot of DNA pulled from. Is oh uh, yeah, definitely. Granted, Scream wasn't like turbo gory or anything, but it didn't shy away when people were getting stabbed repeated, repeatedly. And uh, that's why I also thought it was brilliant when they wove in the like the movie in a movie and they had the the stab movies in it. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's like the the whole signature of Scream is just the, the brutal stabbings. Uh, but yeah, that's... That movie nails that that little digital uh, headshot in the opening uh, looks really good. That like that might not even be digital. That almost looked like the old just like wax button pull. Like it's just it's really well done, and the kid falls to the ground really sloppy. Like he looks like an actual body getting fucking domed. Uh, it well, they're, they're surprisingly too, like, violent for something that's yeah. based on R.L. Stein books that are supposed to bridge the gap between, uh, like goosebumps and adult horror. Like, St- like this is like the gateway drug for Stephen King, and mm-hmm. uh, these were very much like rated R movies. Yeah, um, I, I like too in the, in the opening of the first movie. Um, that scene you said where the kid gets shot in the head right before that he stabs a person. I don't want to give anything away because like, you know, the very beginning of the film, he stabs a person directly in the chest and it's yeah. brutal. It reminded me of Zodiac where uh, the Zodiac killer is, is killing that girl. Oh, the couple on the the beach where he stabs. Yeah. The, yeah. The two and of she them has to watch. Makes, yeah. Her watch. And then he finishes. Yeah. Her. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. And that's that there's, that's why I was like, the first one is you have to at least watch it. Like I told all the dudes that I was like, check it out. Give it a chance. I'm sure you're going to find some shit you hate. There's definitely a little bit of identity politics sprinkled in there, but I think this is like the lesser of all evils when it comes well, to honestly, shit coming like, out these days. They do a really good job. Issue. Yeah, no, the, like, the real, the real issues are just like, like storytelling and technical issues. There's not really like a lot of, it's it's very much just suffers from being sort of a popcorn movie at the end of it all, mm-hmm. and almost like it has too much of a budget. If that makes any sense. Uh, well, on the the identity politics thing, like, so there's a, a lesbian relationship, and that that's not a problem at all in the story. Like, it's it's fine. It's very organic. The problem is that this poor girl is uh, in a relationship with the most toxic lesbian person ever. Like, they're horrible. The, the main character is a complete psychopath. And I'm like, no, girl, go find a better person to be with. This girl's insane. She's going to get you killed, if not by herself. Because like, uh, that, that's one of my biggest problems with the movie is early on. So what it is, like, the, and the, the crux of this movie, or these movies, is that there are these two towns right next to each other that are huge rivals. And the main character, Dina. Very Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like Shelbyville. Yeah, um, it's, her it's girlfriend decides to move. To the max. She decides to move with her dad because her parents are getting divorced into the sunny side, which is like the rich kid area. And so she's like all well, pissed I mean, off her at her girlfriend. Decides to move. She's she's a fucking kid. She can't do it. Well, yeah, it. but that's what I'm saying. She like yeah. her. She she says like, um, you know, oh, I saw you with your new boyfriend and blah, 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 giving the girl all this hard time. She's like, you broke up with me, and she's like. Yeah, because you left and went to the other town. She's like, 
my parents got divorced. Like the whole time the movie's even telling you like, this bitch is crazy. And then, so they get in this argument and the, the other town, the Dina's town, the, the main character, they're driving away in their school bus and the cool kids from the other town are chasing after them and throwing bottles at the back of the school bus. So this chick decides she's going to take a Gatorade um, container that you know you would dump on the coach after a game and chuck it out the emergency exit onto the car, and she causes the car to crash with her ex-girlfriend in it. And then we're supposed to be like, oh, no, it was just an accident, even though she said she was trying to do it and she was actually like in the movement of making it happen. <laughs> it's like, you're a fucking psychopath. You almost killed your ex-girlfriend. But Good we're supposed times. to root for her. Yeah. Uh... Because love's complicated sometimes. Well, that's that's the whole thing. Was uh, like uh, through. Uh, it's weird too because they do sort of work back where if you cut those bits out, the like you were saying, the the relationship is very organic. It never mm -hmm. feels forced or anything. And as that's how I've explained it on streams before and everything is like. You can have gay characters. It's that's great. Yeah. Have have all sorts of diverse characters. The issue is when the the character is just like jumping into every scene, like, "Hey, did you know I'm gay?" Uh, exactly. When it when it doesn't factor into the story ever or anything, is like, "Oh, here's our lead. She she happens to be a lesbian. Here's her girlfriend. Here's the uh, the internal conflict going on there, and why the girlfriend's even important to the story." And early on, she kind of feels like she isn't, and then you find out, "Oh, she's." essentially like the villain of the whole fucking thing mm -hmm. uh and uh it's a it's a weird dynamic because they're both sort of shitty in their own way and yeah. i don't know if it's trying to be like well she's only shitty because the witch is taking her over uh but it has this thing that it reminded me of um it reminded me of the first season the punisher where like netflix has this problem of like trying to be progressive but then, like, doing it in the most offensive way. Because, like, you know, with, with the Punisher, they're like, oh, we want to shine a light on PTSD. And the way that they do that is they portray the guy with PTSD to be a complete psychopath who's going to kill innocent people. And you know, it's, it's like, that's yeah, not a good way to do it. <laughs> there's no actual cathartic wrap-up or anything at the end. That's the whole thing, though, is where, the, where these... Uh, these pieces of media this content or whatever the fuck you want to call it goes wrong is uh these guys see the the progressive agenda or whatever the fuck it is on twitter they they ingest it and everything but they don't understand it they just see it as like yeah. oh this is what people want now and they try to hire people that they think understand it to hit as close to that as possible and it's a bunch of people that are essentially lying about their beliefs, don't believe in their own bullshit, and are just playing a gimmick. It's like all kayfabe bullshit now. And uh, we have we have idiots that don't even understand or believe in the things that they rail for online, uh, getting into positions where they get to write these stories and develop and produce these fucking these movies. And uh, nine times out of ten, it comes out really bad. I don't think this one was the case. I think that was more so they were just like, uh, uh, maybe they were trying to show, you know, like uh, queer relationships can be just as toxic as, you know, normal straight relationships. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, a story worth telling, a moral that I'm sure some people can relate to, and there's, I'm sure, gay people out there that'd be like, 
oh fuck, I'm not the only one who's been in a horrible relationship like uh like this. But the the issue with it as a movie is then that's never fleshed out. They're just sort yeah. of horrible to each other. And, and you then, can't root for any of them because you're yeah. like, this girl is gaslighting this poor other girl and she's manipulative and mentally abusive. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> this girl's not, insane. It's, and it's not like it's like, a, oh, their toxic relationship is the the internal struggle, the B plot of the story and the witch is, you know, the 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 main conflict that we're following the whole time it's like no the witch is the main conflict and these guys have been fucked up the whole time but we're never really going to address that yeah uh and like what it culminates with is almost like a it just keeps going back and forth like tit for tat like who's gonna be the most garbage girlfriend in the relationship and i guess we're not lesbians so we could be completely off about this maybe it's the most beautiful <laughs> portrayal of a lesbian relationship ever and this is the most relatable story ever but but it's, it's not just that because like i don't think anybody on the the first movie is likable except for the younger the brother who's the nerd Oh man, the, um, the younger brother and the goofy white kid are my were my favorite in that. Oh, see, I didn't like him either though, because like he seemed like a scumbag. Oh, I, was see, like, I the, want you to the, die. <laughs> the goofy white kid was just like the, the that night hit me at the right time. Granted, I would probably hate that character in any other movie or anything. You've seen that that type of character a million times, especially in these throwaway horror movies. But for some reason, that kid just hit perfect, and he reminded me of uh. The other kid in what is it? The Good Neighbor with Keir Gilchrist and James Caan. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah, I forgot all about them. That's a good movie. It's an amazing movie. I don't even want to say anything about it other than go out and check it out if you've never seen it before, guys. But Keir Definitely. Gilchrist's best friend in that, the other kid that like uh, helps him in the the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was him at first, but I was like, no, that kid's got to be like five, 10 years older now. Like he has to have aged like a ton, but, uh, that like sort of paunchy, uh, white, like best friend who doesn't like that. That was the one thing that I really liked that I thought was a nice contrast to the, like, Oh, it's the, the lesbian girlfriend's angle. He's sort of like the odd man out. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's that that other girl that just like rags on him the whole time. I thought the the overall group dynamic was solid, even with the like weirdness of the characters. But I, if you as soon as you start taking one of them out, like I, I didn't care about it at all anymore. And I did like I agree with you that the the main girl's younger brother should have like that kid should have just been the main character of the movie they like play around with it sort of being like that in parts of the movie, but, uh, well, and he's I, like, he actually is interested in this stuff. Like his character, he's researching all the murders in their town. Yeah. Their town has a problem of serial killers that have been going back for like the 1600s. And so he's like investigating all this shit, even though they kind of, they do a, a really funny thing where the kids using aim in 1994. And then, like, that wasn't even a, invented for like another five years or something. <laughs> Yeah, but but it's fine. It's whatever. But um, he's actually like, in, you know, investigating all this stuff. So it's like he's the one that should have been kind of like, you know, the the catalyst for why everything got going. I and think like he's actually figuring out stuff, you know, 
is it actually aim or do they because it might be what's it called like i irc or some shit like that it looked just like aim i mean i i I don't know exactly, but yeah, because either way, I mean, there was, there was, I don't think was everybody a, was using that well, stuff. Yeah, there. Well, there was a bunch of like, uh, like uh, internet. I'm sure not that we have like a huge audience or anything, but I'm sure there's nerds out there that know the actual names of them. There was one that was think, just like an acronym, though. That was just like Instant Messenger before AIM they came out. They did say he was using American Online. They said, okay, "Oh, stop yeah, using then. all the American Online." And he's like, oh, oh I stole it God. from the neighbors or something like that. Yeah, the good old days. Uh, the the crazy thing about that, though, if they made it, if it was, like, more from his perspective and that angle of the little brother, I feel like that would have given so much more dimension to the, like, uh, the, like, angry lesbian relationship. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I, that's a better angle. It's, like, the perspective of this young kid not really understanding any relationships and you know he eventually sort of has a brush with uh a girl of his own later on in the story but it was like that would have had like a through line that carried the whole movie through but instead it's just sort of like all these little like almost like teen movie like uh vignettes of like random shit uh and then just like a switch flips and it turns into a bloodbath uh that's what I enjoyed about the movie. Like once that, ha I think after they, what was it? They like blow them up or some shit. That uh, was a yeah. weird, that was a weird, like they have like a diehard scene all of a sudden where they're like, we have an idea and it sort of felt really forced into the movie. Yeah. Basically like anybody hasn't seen it. The, the movie is about a witch that has cursed this town and it basically turns people into serial killers and like acolytes of hers and almost kind of like zombies where they they don't they don't think or feel anymore they just become killing machines and so it's, all these it's literally the killers, zombies at the beginning of uh what's it called cabin in the woods yeah it's, yeah exactly yeah and so these, the cabin these in the woods killers, like revenants that don't stop jason Voorhees, but they're all different shit yeah and they all just show up um throughout the movie so you have one from like the 50s and one from the 1700s and so on that are all trying to kill people at this point in the movie. Um, so, yeah, like. Uh, I'm trying to think what all happens. What was it the milkman pedophile guy that you don't even like see at all in the first movie? And then uh, well, yes, that was actually one thing I do really like is the uh, the designs for the killers. There's yeah. that creepy kid with the doll mask and he's smashing somebody's head in with a baseball bat. There's a, there's a, whatchamacallit, it's like a gas mask or something somebody's wearing. Oh, yeah, I forget that guy's name. It's like a leather horse mask that looks like a gas yeah. mask. Uh, he's like a religious zealot. He's like a leather they, daddy. Something. They, yeah, they keep cutting to like a scene of him like, uh, uh, like drowning a lady in a baptism. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, there, that's what I mean, though. Is there's like all these really cool little ideas, uh, kind of reminded me of like, uh, why I wanted to do stuff like Camp Rainbow and Slash TV in the first place was just that, like, having that sandbox to run wild, but uh, if you're gonna tell a story, there needs to be something that, like, pulls it all together in the end, and I yeah. have to just assume for now that, uh, the third movie is, like, the perfect, like, capstone to all of this. It's probably the worst idea to talk about these fucking movies having not watched the last one yet, but 
Well, the last one, one also say, looked really weird to me. So yeah, it's it's the witch. It looks like you know that the movie The Witch that came out years ago. Yeah, they're uh, trying to it's cash a very in different on that tonally with... thing. Yeah. Um, the witch. The one is thing like I'm curious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But one thing I'm really curious is like how this is doing because like I think the marketing uh, really messed up in my opinion because. It the, you know the marketing makes it look like they're doing Stranger Things again. Yeah, like it's gonna be something that's all family friendly. And then you watch it. Is and that it's redhead like really from the hard. second movie, the girl in Stranger Things? Yeah, and uh, Mia Hawk, I think her name is. It's Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's okay. daughter. Oh no, she's I knew in the she, first one too. Yeah, I knew she was in the the first one, the opening. She's she's actually a solid actor. Uh, Uma and Ethan Hawk's yeah, yeah, daughter. She's great. I wish she was uh, the the main star actually cuz I she's really, a good actress. I thought it was going to like cut ahead and do like uh uh like she she survived sort of thing and she was going to be like the other friend. There's a moment early on in the movie where they're like introducing the whole gang and I thought she was going to like walk in and be like, "Hey guys, like I'm out of the hospital." Right, and right. She doesn't. And that's why I was like, "So wait, like Netflix signs, I'm pretty sure, like, these contract deals where it's like, you're going to do three movies with us, uh, this, this, and this, over this amount of time. And uh, I'm like, does that include these little fucking roles like this, where you're basically just a cameo in the movie? Like, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. And she, like, like that that scene sells it. So, like, I uh, that's one good, like, throw-off is... I thought early on it was kind of gonna have like sort of like a a stalkery toxic masculinity theme, uh, mm-hmm. and then it's like no dudes aren't bad. Uh, it's a witch. It's chicks yeah. who are bad. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You got me. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm wondering how this is re- people responding to this because, like, if you see the commercial, you're like, oh yeah, this is like a Stranger Things thing, cool. And then you watch it, and it's like super violent. And yes. there's cussing and there's nudity. I'm like, kids aren't going to be allowed to watch this if they start watching it. So, like, <laughs> are people, like, turning it off as soon as they turn it on? Yeah, turbo <laughs> violent, uh, fairly then, like, competently if you're... shot. It doesn't look like Stranger Things where, like, a ton of shit is, like, very clearly CGI in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks really good. It's a really good-looking movie. But yeah, I'm just that thinking, opening... Dude, like, if you're an older person, you're not going to give it a chance because you're going to be like, oh, that looks like Stranger Things, like kid stuff. I'm not, oh, I yeah. want to see hardcore stuff. And it's so you're not going to watch Street. it. You know? <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's, there's probably a decent amount of like horror people that are overlooking it because it's got like the R.L. Stein name on it and shit like that. And I'm like, right. Uh, that crowd is overlooking it when they'd probably enjoy it for what it is, at the very least. Even if they just wanted to see, like, the kill count of it. Uh, and then, like, the young kid crowd, it's like, damn, this is gonna be a perfect movie for some kids, like, coming into horror in a couple of years, but there's definitely some softer shit you could start off with before this, which is what really surprised me about it. It's a great movie that you can, like, get away with like you know when you're a kid you go to like blockbuster or something and you knew like a certain movie was hardcore but it didn't look like it and your parents would get it for you or like or like a video game or something it, it, but this so this is kind of like that it's like a little like hidden you know 
R-rated film that like your parents won't suspect, and you can get away and just watch people getting their heads cut off and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like all very much like kids in the cast for the most part, other than like the the weird cop guy who doesn't look old enough to be the character he is, and he's yeah, like. Yeah. Him and What's-Her-Face from Community are the only, like, crossover characters as far as I know. Uh, I still don't understand how um, Dina didn't get arrested when the bus driver saw her chucking that that Gatorade onto the car. The cops was like, well, I guess I'll have to let you go. And it's like, no, you would you would immediately take her ass in. Come on, what are you talking about? Small town America, man. It's, and, he's, uh... and he's, like, being nice to her. And this is another thing why I hate the character, because, like, he's, like... Look, I understand things get crazy. He's like, I'm on your side. And she's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Fuck you, man. It's like, all right, you just suck. <laughs> you know, like, just I just, <laughs> I just like, uh, like, looking back on it, I'm not really sure what the movie was trying to say, especially now in this, like, age of, because uh, I don't believe in that, you know, every movie needs some moral purpose or whatever, but that seems yeah. to be the, the going rate these days. So I'm like, if that's the case... I don't know what the fuck this movie was trying to say, let alone all three of them overall. Maybe they'll flesh that out by the third one. But uh, uh, I guess that that part of things went over my head. I enjoyed it for a mindless slasher flick, but by the end of it, it's just sort of like, uh, sometimes the cops don't believe you when crazy shit happens. <laughs> it's like, right, right. okay, and then it's like, basically has like a final scene that's like tune in next time which is like yeah, yeah oh, exactly this feels like it was supposed to be a tv show initially and you guys decided to make it three movies uh yeah because the is, first movie doesn't really feel like a full movie like you it know feels it feels like it, a pilot really episode yeah exactly like it, it feels so rushed and it's it just kind of glossing over a whole bunch of stuff and t things are just happening but there's not really like, like that buildup you if, need, you know. If Camp Rainbow were like a TV show or something, that was that's like how I always envisioned the pilot was. You would basically see like the teenage, at least one perspective of like the original massacre sort of thing. Because I always thought mm -hmm. that was a really cool idea. Is you sort of set the show up and you end with that like establishing your your grown up main character and everything, but. Uh, there's like, I, I don't know why I want to say like half truths. There's like these bits to it where it's like, that's where like part of it feels like it was supposed to be a TV show or it was supposed to be a movie. And then they tried to make it a TV show at some point and yeah. like it got lost in the, the, like the drafting or whatever, uh, and never quite figures out what it was trying to do. And then they did, like, the creators did an interview, uh, like, the week after the first one came out, and it was, like, the first one was at least successful viewership-wise, at least in Netflix's eyes. And uh, they said they'd like to make, like, a horror MCU of it, because, you know, there's fucking, like, a ton of Fear Street books. Hang on. Uh Yeah, I had never heard of it before. Uh, evidently, there's some decent ones, and they're, like, not bad. Uh, I guess 17 books altogether. I thought Did there Arl was Stein more. Did actually write them, or is it, is it kind of like a James Patterson deal where it's just, like, his name, but as a ghostwriter? Oh, I didn't even know James Patterson did that. What a piece of shit. 
Yeah, he doesn't uh, like write like ninety percent of his books. He just has his name above it. He comes up with the concept, and then somebody else goes off and finishes it. That's hilarious. Um, I thought it did way more. Um, I read. God, I can't even remember them. I read like two or three of them, and I remember. I would say probably like fifth or sixth grade, and I was already reading like uh like way more adult shit at that point because my older brother so it just never really hit with me but it was also like those books that were printed like there's like a half inch in between each line uh <laughs> they were like lucky to break like a hundred and like spacing <laughs> yeah it's like 130 pages triple spaced at like fucking like 12 to 14 point font yeah, just, just fucking like huge, enormous. large print. <laughs> yeah, a blind kid could read them. Like it's all in braille. <laughs> uh, uh, it was just, it was insane. But uh, it was a big folding poster that you opened the book up. <laughs> it was also it. He was he was one of those dudes where I think if it wasn't during that like book cover boom, uh, mm -hmm. he probably never would have really taken off. And that was the whole thing. Was like. Uh, if R.L. Stein was the dude coming up with all this shit, good for him. Uh, but a lot of it is very much like knockoffs of famous horror movies and things that he was able to get away with just because it was like schlock shit for kids. But like R.L. Stein's Fear Street. Hang on, let me fucking share this thing real quick. Uh, share. Uh, yeah, Fear Street Trapped you're invited dot 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 to die like there were all these these taglines and everything that's the texas chainsaw massacre house oh is it really like almost 100 percent. hang on these cars suck compared to the uh goosebumps ones what's up those covers, like they all kind of suck compared to Goosebumps. Oh, dude, this one's like a fully painted cover. It probably just looks like shit on the share screen. Uh, oh, I couldn't even tell. That was a photo. Oh, that was like photo mashed up. Yeah, that is. Oh, it's slightly different, but that looks like a riff on the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. The the pillars on the front of it would go up to the second floor. Or there'd be a second floor of them if it were the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, but that's so damn close. Oh yeah, close. that like that and two it's little literally, porch, or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like the low mm -hmm. angle of uh oh, what's her name in the movie? What do I want to say, Pam? <clears throat> the fuck is that main check? You know the low angle shot of the the chick walking into the house. Yeah. Pam. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like the most famous shot in the movie. She gets put up on the fucking meat hook, but yeah, that like low angle shot of her, her walking into the house. It's almost like that shot mixed in with the, the big old house. Uh, I mean, that's a cool cover and everything, but it was just, it was just another party until the threats began. And it's like a greaser walking up on the house. Uh, they all kind of have a a softcore porno-y vibe to them. Yeah, definitely the secret. <laughs> yeah, if you if you remove the secret like, is I take it in the butt. 
Yeah, that'd be the best <laughs> fucking thing to do for the the Patreon feed. Just remove all the the fucking trade dress of R.L. Stein and everything, and uh, put in porno names from like Skinamax in the nineties. Uh, yeah, that one especially. There's like a guy and a woman like about to embrace and fire in the background, and just this this woman. Yeah, this really kinky one, the burning in my. Penis. The name of the writer would be like Humongous Penis. <laughs> this one's great. One evil summer, and it's just a girl laughing at her cat. Chrissy is perfect, perfectly evil. Chrissy's uh, playing with her pussy. Yeah, I remember these books uh, being able to be read in like an afternoon. Uh, and I remember them like hurting my brain afterwards. Like, uh, like you would read it and you would feel like you regressed a little bit. Uh, oh, look at that shot. Oh, that's Dina right there on the left. She's the psychotic girlfriend. And yeah. there's my second wife, Jillian Jacobs. But they're sort of like, uh, uh, your second face, the entire movie, always looking angry. I've I've never seen your wife, but I've always just sort of imagined her as a, a lady like that. Like she nothing does look like her. Nothing stand out really about her. Uh, a regular lady. Uh, but just like you, hey, like watch you, your mouth. Watch yeah, beautiful. You, yeah, you're. I'm sure your wife is lovely and tailored just for you, but uh fucking uh you were like i was i don't know why i was expecting way more of a heathen before i talked to you and then started like talking to you and uh saw you and was like oh jeff's like a respectable human being this is disappointing uh you're all <laughs> and then, put like, together 20 years shit. from now i get arrested for being a psycho serial killer yeah <laughs> skinning bodies and wearing their their skin yeah, as like socks <laughs> You're you like, were our oh, Ted socks, Bundy not even as like a, a thong. Yeah, <laughs> nothing it's sexy, still not, really. It's still not extreme enough for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm comfort. <laughs> I'm all comfort. Uh, how many Goosebumps books were there? So we got there's 17 uh, Fear Street books, uh, which isn't that much, but that means they could do mm. plenty new ones. Uh, Barely legal. <laughs> yeah. Night Dad who went the Night Dad went to jail children's book. Oh, that's a fun one. <laughs> it's got a crying rabbit on it. 235. God damn, dude. Homie. Dude, what is R.L. Stein worth now? Just sitting on fat About stacks of goosebump cash. Uh that's so <laughs> What if he made so a terrible deal and he doesn't realize it? He's just making like twenty grand a year. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, like, "Oh, it, this is great." <laughs> it pays for my socks. It pays <laughs> for my paper. Today I got Starbucks coffee instead of yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. I get fresh ribbons for the typewriter. <laughs> uh, life is pretty good, and all the whiteout I can use. Hang on, you make twenty thousand a year, and Jack Black was in the Goosebumps movie. There was a Goosebumps movie? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking flips out. <laughs> he doesn't even realize he was on TV doing those inserts for the TV show. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he thought he was just talking to fans. 
What's that thing you're pointing at me? <laughs> That's a lovely camera you got there. <laughs> I don't know why our 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 R.L. Stein talks like he's from the 30s, but I yeah. like it. <laughs> he doesn't know it's a moving picture. Oh, you're gonna take my picture, are you? <laughs> oh, is that gonna be in the flicker box? Is it? <laughs> just, just saying all sorts of crazy racist shit. All right, I gotta get back to writing children's horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goosebumps is some kind of like terrible racial slur that nobody knew. Yeah, he just so... made it up. He's like, I didn't think the N word was strong enough. <laughs> goosebumps, the alt right dog whistle of the horror community. Uh, there were probably like a couple weeks out from that happening well you see that uh slappy was a was an allegory for jews <laughs> like whoa what I, the yeah. fuck <laughs> again i read a ton of these books i can't remember a goddamn thing about any of them uh oh, i do i mean i, I remember more the tv shows than the books i only read a couple of the books yeah i remember i saw the mask episode of the tv show that everybody was like scariest episode of goosebumps ever I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And that got me to go read the book for that and the the gnomes one. I know I read those. Yeah. yeah. But I had to read I read like 20 of them because they used to do it was like a scholastics. You could get like like five or ten of them for some like stupid deal back in the day. So I would always just get that when they would do like the book fair in middle school. So get like five or ten of them at a time, and I would always read them, but I genuinely cannot remember a goddamn thing about these books. Uh, there's well, some dude regarding... that's like, Goosebumps is what got me into writing, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> can't rem I uh, remember the name and a lot of the covers. Sorry, I didn't mean his, to tell you. His series, is, his series is called Geese Pimples. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Bumpy skin. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks at naming shit too. <laughs> it actually made him dumber reading Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first got my first review back of the book. Not sure if it's good though. It says this guy read a lot of Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man who was doing all these goosebumps paintings that guy's the real hero he does uh, a, a puppet knockoff but it's about a sock puppet instead not quite as scary at all <laughs> let's see what the internet says rl stein's worth uh i'm gonna say oh shit 200 million fuck yeah what the fuck wow you had that pulled up immediately richest author in the world is worth one billion dollars and it says the R.L. Stein is the richest author. Wait, what? No, I can't believe that. There's no way. Yeah, I can no, step, I can see him being top five. Yeah, no, R.L. Stein is top fifteen. Who's number one? Like Stephen King's fucking gotta be boy Stephen ass. King. Yeah. Oh no, Stephen King's number five. Did you see he has another like malformed child in Hollywood? Stephen King. Yeah, he has another kid that looks like. He would be a monster in one of his movies that's now making movies. James Patterson. Oh, that makes sense. James Patterson is number two, and J.K. Rowling is number one. She's the one that's worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. J.K. definitely makes sense. James Patterson, Stephen King. Who next? Be like, oh, he's dead, but Tom Clancy, maybe? 
Uh, I feel like Clancy got fucked. Candy Spelling is somehow next. Oh. Stories from Candyland. Oh, you know uh, who that is? Tori Spelling's sister? Really? Yes. Or mom, I think. Mom, yeah. Oh, it's her mom. I mean, I still yeah, don't know who it, it was, is. But... <laughs> it was like a Hollywood tell-all made her $600 million, supposedly. Uh, oh, so she wrote one book that really she just kind of like dictated. Paulo Coelho? Coelho? It's hole? Brazilian. I'm fucking butchering that, I'm sure. Which hole is it? Uh, he wrote The Alchemist. Uh, oh, his parents yeah, yeah. committed him to a mental institution several times. Uh, he's worth 500 million. Stephen King's worth 400 million. Uh, Danielle Steele is number six. Nora Roberts after her. Pleasant Roland, who is evidently just a patch of dolls. <laughs> My foot is Raggedy Ann. Barbara Taylor Bradford and John Grisham. Then Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's number fucking 11. Suck my dongle. Yeah, Clancy definitely got fucked then. So by the time he died, he had gotten fucked by, what is it, Ubisoft and all of that then? They just took all his money. 2013 when he passed away. Hey. And they just went and made a bunch of fucking shitty games with his name slapped all over it. Yeah, they had nothing to do with him at all. Yeah, and they genuinely think that like just slapping his name on it makes people buy the games now. And it's like, not really. Uh, whatever. Um, man, R.L. Stein looks like a bag of shit. <laughs> he looks like somebody turned a California raisin into a real person. I love that descriptor. It was like a bag of shit. <laughs> Not even a Dude, sack of potatoes. Like a bag yeah. of shit. <laughs> it's, it's one of the California raisins got given life. It's all crazy. that fucking money and still can't get that fucking mole off his forehead. Which one? There's like twelve of them, dude. <laughs> yeah, you well, can't still, tell he's got enough. He's got enough money to get all of them off. Oh, is that his wife? Oh. She's blind. <laughs> I think they both are. Oh my god. It's like, this is the baby that we suck the blood out of. Lizard people. Yeah, this is our this is our beta reader for fucking all future goosebumps movies. <laughs> Kid, I'm writing a new bumpy skin. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, kid. The it's real not a scary toaster. <laughs> Why does that look like American Tom Holland? Oh, he's got tits. Why does yeah. he have tits? Whoa, that kid does have tits. What is going on here? He's got Fight Club tits. Is this a girl? <laughs> <laughs> what, is it a goy now? Is a that girl? Meatloaf's kid? <laughs> yeah. Bitch Tits Billy. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Bitch Tits Billy. His name yeah, is he, Bitch Tits Billy. <laughs> he's my son. <laughs> 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 what gave it away, boss? <laughs> Holy well, shit. those milky tits did, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Just them sopping hams on his chest. Uh, you soak through three layers of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give this boy a sweater. <laughs> I can't focus. Uh, Fear Street. What the fuck was the second one? Was it 1976? 78? Something like that? 
I don't know, generally the 70s. Generally, this Fear Street 1970. Generally, <laughs> that's what they always do. They always have like songs that are from like the 80s, like you know, like 1980 or like 1969. They're like, it's the 70s, 74. I mean, it's not as bad as the third one where it was like, uh, 1666 Ohio, yeah, <laughs> a place that won't be settled for decades at the very least. Uh, yeah, and I was waiting. I was like, come on, come on, come on. I was waiting for someone to be like, oh, it would have been an all-Indian cast in 1666. Uh, representation. Native. <laughs> yeah, like, like what the fuck? That would have been hilarious as fuck. They made all the character actors from the first two movies come back for the third one, but they make them all native and brownface. Holy shit. Actually, honestly, that is something I thought about watching the second one. It's like all white people. There's like there's like one black kid, and he's he's literally just a throwaway character that shows up standing next to an Asian kid. And I'm like, oh, you poor kids! Like you're just used as like the di- di- diversity hire. Oh, you guys you don't are even in, yeah. do anything. <laughs> you guys are in the same. You guys are in the same insert shot because somebody noticed their glaring error at the end of the movie. And like, like every holy... character has a speaking line as a white person. You don't even see diversity at all. I'm like, Ugh, this is not gonna be good for them. Oh, holy fuck, we don't have a single we don't have a single black guy in this entire movie. All three of them <laughs> start putting in <laughs> random shots of people of color all over the place. Yeah, what was the whole what was with the guy that kept cutting to that was just grilling burgers? <laughs> They just have like Drake just shows up in one shot, like he's been there the whole time. Like, hey guys, what's going on? There's a killer around. It's like 45 minutes into the movie. I'm surprised there wasn't fucking product placement like that, but that is uh, that was a noticeable. And I'm not even looking for that that shit. But uh, I was like, come on, guys, where's your where's your forced diversity? It's 2021. The world almost ended. I want to see those quotas filled in the first 30 seconds. Uh. <laughs> This movie is glaringly white. It's blinding me like snow. Uh, I hate it. Uh, I want an all-black cast. Uh, oh, yeah, no, all-black Fear that Street. Did, like Tales from the Hood. That did make me think... Oh, my God, yes. When, uh, uh, when everybody was like freaking out about the whole 1666 fucking Ohio not even being settled yet. It's like the the movies have made all sorts of like concessions leading up to that third movie to where cell phones in 78. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like to where that's not even ridiculous anymore. Like you were saying with AOL and all that shit, like there's plenty of stuff throughout. That's like clearly the timeline's been fudged a little bit and uh, they're they're just having fun. But uh, it made me think, like, damn, uh, like actual, like all, like Native American horror movie would be like pretty wild, like yeah. set in that time. Mm-hmm. It's like that would actually be wicked cool because I always, I remember when Apocalypto was announced. I for some reason thought uh, Mel Gibson was gonna do sort of like a Mayan horror movie. Uh, well, I mean, sick. it was still cool and definitely has some, like, uh, elements of horror in that film, but it's like, I can't think of anything outright that's, like, a, 
a horror movie from that perspective. But I was like, God damn, I immediately had like a bunch of fucking ideas going nuts. And Kayla has like a, a cool bit. There's a native character in Crimson and Alabaster that she's working on and everything that's I think is really cool. But uh Well there's um there was a couple of horror movies by I don't remember the name of the director. He did a couple of the Masters of Horror and he always did stuff about Native American mythology. I think he did like a Wendigo movie and something else. Oh, but, dude, um, I can't wait for fucking antlers. That but that's cool. Movie. Like, you know, that's a cool, like, different way to do it. Like, you never really, you know, see anything from like, Native American mythology and whatnot. So, yeah. Well, that I'd was immediately what I thought of, too, was, like, you go, like, like the cusp of, like, Wild West times, like, white man just showing up, and you do, like, uh, like uh, natives and fucking frontiersmen having to band together to hunt down a Wendigo in fucking, like, Wild West times. And I'm like that's a fucking a horror movie I want to see. That's basically like a American tall tale sort of uh, take on like a fucking, what was it? Brotherhood of the Wolf that we talked about uh, recently. Uh, I want to see more shit like that. Cool creature features and fun settings. There was a, the pale door came out more recently. I think they put that on shutter that ended up being like really schlocky and kind of boring. Uh, it's just like titty witches is the best way to describe it. I <laughs> guess check it out if you're into like splattery shit like that. Uh, I was deceived by the trailer into thinking it was a lot better than it was. And it kind of feels like something that was shot in like a weekend. Uh, man, we got really derailed here tonight. This has been a weird episode. Uh, uh, the second one takes place in the 70s, and it takes place at a camp called Camp Nightwing, I believe. Um, how the fuck you remember all of this? Because, because I was like, oh, Nightwing, like the character. Um, oh, yeah. The, but that the camp is... shit, though, all of that. Like, I wouldn't have remembered that if you didn't say something. Because that one is, like, really corny, where it's, like, uh, I, I don't remember what the name is. Like Nightshade and Sunnyside. It's like so on the nose kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Welcome to Shitty it, Kid Town. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, and that's not. That's what I want to get to real quick. So the chick from uh, Stranger Things, the redheaded girl, she's in this one, and she is obnoxious as fuck. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna hate this movie because she's just like Dina from the last movie, but she, but. She sucks the whole movie, but her sister is actually likable, and I cared about her, and I wanted to see her live and succeed. So uh, I was like, really, you know, surprised. You are so um, wholesome, Jeff. You are the most wholesome dude in the world. <laughs> because I want the bitch to get killed. <laughs> yeah, isn't the ginger chick? Uh, was it Gillian Jacobs or whatever the fuck her name is? She grows up to be Jillian Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, Jillian, however the fuck you. Which say doesn't her. make any sense because she looks nothing like her. Like they they do a, like a, a bait and switch thing, where you think it's the other sister, but it actually turns out to be her. But it makes yeah, no sense because she looks of. nothing like her. Yeah, no, she looks exactly like like oh the other girl could have totally grown up to be her. Uh, right. The ginger girl, not even like. Uh, she's very clearly like a ginger, like one of those chicks that's just gonna be like cursed with freckles for life uh well i like that on girls like i like freckles but oh, it's just her character okay, is Jeff. A bitch girls send in your dating tapes 
Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm married. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> Send them to my other account. <laughs> Send them to Death Curse Comics at Gmail. <laughs> 18 and up only, though. <laughs> oh, no, man. but um, I was talking to my wife about this, actually, because she loves oh, like Stranger Things and everything. Tapes. Uh, but, yo, well, she has to review them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that character, we were talking about like how shitty she was because... Like, she's so unlikable and so nasty. Like, you know, you can make a character that is shitty and then you start to reveal that they're actually, like, you know, better than what you think they are and they've been going through all this shit. Like, we were, like, I, I brought up to her uh, Breakfast Club. You know, like, you watch Breakfast Club in the beginning, every character in Breakfast Club is shitty. They're all nasty, they're all mean, they're bullies, whatever. But then as the movie progresses, you get to see them open up. And they start relaxing, they become friends, they start talking about why they do the things they do, and by yeah, the end of it, they're transformed. They're rude They're rude for all the right reasons in their minds, right. and then you get to see their minds unraveled, and but uh, in this, they get perspective in Street, from each other. Yeah, but in Fear Street, like with Dina and with this redhead girl, I can't remember her name in, in the movie, they're just mean and like nasty people. It's like, and they have no real reasoning to be that way. And like this girl, she's like talking to her sister. She's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you fucking uh, know why I'm this way. And they never really say it's just because like her sister wants to like, be, you know, go to college and do good things. And it's yeah. like her sister, like, stopped hanging out with all her dirtbag friends that were stealing shit. And, and we're supposed to like <laughs> feel for her. But it's like, no, she did the right thing. <laughs> That's why I wonder if it was like a TV show at some point or something, because it's almost like in the writer's room, they they had decided, like, we're not going to have the time to flesh these things out. We should just do the stories we want to and, like, go with it. It's almost like everybody that wrote these movies expected, like, the rug to be pulled out from them at any point in time. So they mm -hmm. were just like trying to get it out the door as, as quickly as possible because uh, the characters are all fleshed out in the sense that they they feel like they could be real people in any or it, it, in uh, in most aspects, but uh, it's it's more so in just like the surface interaction. Past that, like you're saying, there's there's not really a ton of development. I mean, the majority of characters yeah. just get murdered, so it's kind of hard to, like, grow as a person when you're not a person anymore. Um, but that's why I'm saying, like, it almost I almost feel like, oh, do we need to watch the third one to get the whole point of these fucking movies? And they just... It, if they were written all by the same person, it seems like they lost track of, like, oh each of these movies is supposed to be its own thing, formulating its own point, And then they just sort of tie together for an overall uh, plot line uh, throughout all three of them. Whereas it kind of just has the overall plot line throughout all three and not really like a fully realized idea for any of them as standalone movies. Yeah. Uh, which is the big issue. Like, the second movie is great, but the second movie literally feels like the second act of a movie. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it gets pretty quickly into shit. Uh, you're just yeah, sort I of, like... like, at the camp, and then uh, that kid gets, like, corrupted, and shit starts getting weird pretty quickly after that. 
And then yeah. like two thirds of the movie is just like violence and running around. And I was like, I enjoyed it, but it's like it, it very clearly was like they were trying to do this as a TV show or something or wrote it like a TV show and it got hacked into three movies, but it's yeah, weird. The, the first one, I feel, I feel like I won't ever watch it again. The second one, I could actually rewatch. The second one, I liked a lot. Um, I, you know, it's, it's always fun when you have like a camp setting. It's just a, a you're you know, gonna love a the cool... third one. It's got your horse guy. In it. <laughs> My horse guy. Who's the horse guy? Yeah, the leather daddy horse guy. Oh, is he in that one? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is because they keep cutting um, back to like Puritan times, and he's like baptizing people. So I figured see, he's probably the dude who drowned the fucking witch or something. I don't think like I'm. I'm wondering how that third one's gonna do as well because like it feels like such a drastic shift. Like it totally looks to- totally different as well, and like it's I, hard to I, go I, from like the 90s, 70s, 1666. I was worried you know? as soon as I saw the chubby black kid from the first movie was in it, and they were doing like the American Horror Story thing where they used the yeah. same actors to play different. Well, even characters. the um, and it even wasn't the boyfriend. Even- that killed everybody in this in the second one. He shows yeah. up in that one too. Even well, though that dead. was that was well, yeah, because they're playing different characters in a different timeline. Like they they do an American Horror Story each season. It's just like we have the same cast. They're just playing new roles, but uh, it's like a like a theater troupe. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the the issue I have with it now is he was like my favorite part of the first movie. He really played that quirky. He almost feels like a young version of the guy in uh, what was it, Godzilla versus Kong, the like Black Alex Jones dude. Uh, oh, oh, but, like no, he's that, way better than that character. It's like that kid could grow up to be that guy, though, and uh, like the the kid is the kid is solid in the first movie and like the best character in it. And then he's going to come back in this new movie and I or in the third movie and he's playing a different character as far as I know. If it's somehow they're the same kids and they like traveled back in time to fight the witch, I'm pretty much all out at that point. Like that's getting into right. like weird like Marvel like Marvel MCU territory that I just can't stand anymore. Like everything having to have like a time travel element and all this shit. That's why as soon as the creator said they were trying to be like the MCU of horror on Netflix, I was like, God damn it, man. I know. They couldn't just do like I said in the first place. I need to go back and like find that tweet and get that shit fucking framed. But when I, I tweeted out to Netflix years back now, well before these were even put into production, like knowingly before they were put into production, tweeted out, Netflix, Greenlight and Original Horror Series, do the first three all back-to-back and release them all back-to-back. Didn't say a week apart. I think I said like a month apart. But they basically did exactly that. And uh, now all I care about is like, what are the numbers on it? Because this, I think, is like middling at best, seeing two of them. I can't imagine even if the third one is like amazing that it's going to be like, okay, it's great. You have to watch all three of them for it to really be worthwhile because I'm like, that never that never flies with me. If I need to watch a six-hour movie to enjoy the other two movies, that's retarded. Uh, well, it's like, I want to say that, like, kids won't like the third one, but then I'm always reminded, like, how there are kids on TikTok who are reenacting Holocaust. I'm like, I don't know what this fucking generation is going to do. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 
kids might love and that's the whole thing like i don't i just don't know what to expect from the third one and they don't all the Puritan shit that it ties into, other than like just the witch they keep referencing, there is like no setup as to what you're getting into in that last movie, other than Not just we're finally gonna hear the witch's story. So the only build up to that is you're burnt out after two fucking movies that you don't know what the fuck is going on, and you might as well at this point watch the third one so you can at least get some sort of fucking clarity on the whole thing. That's where I'm at with it. I'm like, I could stop right now having enjoyed the second one and enjoyed the first one for like a one-time watch popcorn movie. Beth really seemed to like the the first one a lot. I think she fell asleep during the second one, but it was more so just because we were watching it late. Uh... But, like, the third one, like, first one came out, we watched it the night it came out. Second one came out, she she got home from work that day and was like, hey, can we make dinner and watch the other Fear Street tonight? And I was like, hell yeah, like, fucking, she wants to watch a horror movie, like, the night it drops? Awesome. And I was yeah. like, you know, the first one was solid, we'll fucking check this one out, and hopefully it's, like, you know, as good, if not better. Ended up being a little bit better, and the gore and everything was still crazy good. Uh, it has that yeah, montage early on too, where they kill a ton of fucking kids, and that's where it feels like very much like a TV show for me. At least the shots and everything, and it kind of had a bit of an Edgar Wright v- flair to it. Mm-hmm. The like, I mean, it was like hacking and slashing noises cut to like the edit cuts, but it's a little bit of like an Edgar Wright vibe and these quick like dolly shots and shit like that, like panning in really fast. Um, yeah, and the second one too. Like that's another thing. Like there, none of the kills match the first the first movie with the, no. the meat slicer, but they're all good. And it always like shocks me when a movie is willing to have children get killed, and they kill a ton of kids in this movie. Yeah, so I give it that, credit for that. <laughs> He's got that balls. One fucking that one fucking montage. They're like, we're gonna kill a real little kid. We're gonna kill a yeah, like, we're doing kid. little kids. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna kill a big kid. We can kill some teenagers now. Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? Kill a little kid. Kill a kid real quick. <laughs> like, I was like, God damn, dude. Uh, it's like somebody watched uh, Friday the 13th, what is it, part six, where where all the little kids are hiding under their beds. Yeah, where Jason but, just stares that little girl yeah. down and doesn't kill anyone. It's like somebody watched that and they were like, oh, this is bullshit. He didn't kill no kids. Well, when I grow up, I'm going to have all the kids die. Yeah. He's going to be ripping toddlers in half like fucking... <laughs> Capri Sun pouches. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's trying to put the straw on them, but they can't get it in. <laughs> yeah. Fucking thing. <laughs> Just jamming his fucking spear down them and sucking all the juice out. Uh, dude, fucking. That's that was that was again. There's always there's like in each one of them so far. There's one thing that like stands out, and I'm like, hell yeah, they really went for it there. But every time I see something like that, I'm like. All the money you wasted in the budget, you could have just went for it across the board on this movie and not cared what people thought. Like, why not care what people think for 30 seconds of your movie and then care for the other 95 minutes of the movie is the thing Mm -hmm. that kills me nowadays. And it's not like this movie was particularly like walking on eggshells or anything, but there's a lot of movies that are still doing that today where it's like... uh, 
sort of like kid gloves or like you're wearing a helmet. Like it can't be that extreme for, and I, yeah. you know, there's, there's balance and everything upbeats and downbeats and stuff like that. But I was like, uh, when everything's kind of pretty vanilla across the board and then there's just one scene that fucking stands out. Like it's from a completely different movie, like the bread slicer scene in the first one or the yeah. fucking murder montage of children in the middle of the second one. <laughs> like, I'm wondering what the fuck it's going to be in the third one. I'm like, is that horse guy just going to be drowning women with like a stark erection? Like, what the fuck are we in for? <laughs> like, this guy's just rock hard, butt naked, drowning women. Like, oh, yeah, like, God, <laughs> the witch had it bad. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't feel for her now. She's the but hero. <laughs> I know what you're saying, though, because like a lot of movies today, they don't want to commit to like, like they, they want to throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. And so it, just, it doesn't have like, um, a real punch. like, yeah, yeah, but it's like they don't want to be just one thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, with Suicide Squad or something, right? It's like, oh, well, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is doing big, we gotta put more jokes into it, we gotta make it like this movie and that movie, but they never want to like really go all in on just one, you know, unified vision. Yeah, and it's not, it's not like earnest unflinching. genre blending like we've talked about before. It's right. just like, what's hot right now? Let's make a exactly. list on this college ruled paper. <laughs> so that universe is, that's what we need. Yeah. How about some time travel, boys? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking, it's horrible, dude. I'm like, we we live in a fucking a clown world, and I would love to just be. I want to be one of those corporate fat cats for an afternoon. Uh, there should be way cooler movies too. Where are the the fucking producers with like an actual sense of humor? You guys have all this money to throw around. There's way cooler shit you could have done. You could have straight well, I'm up molesting right now. Yeah, axe wounded a dude. Just given that. That fucking goofy, chubby kid that I liked in the, the first one should have mm -hmm. axed him in the penis, not the head, man. Split him open. Cut his yeah. testicles right in half, dude. That was the weirdest thing was like it goes off the deep end and all these fucking kids are dying. And it's like sort of like the only decent human being gets the most violent death of all of them other than the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the like wholesome black kid. But it's like. That girl was kind of bitchy sometimes, but every time she does it, there's a reason for it. Like there's like a legitimate reason for her to be like snarky or whatever. She's not just a snarky bitch. And then she, yeah, has, she like, has motivation and she's <laughs> a character that you can tell is actually caring. And, and she like, she's really torn up everything. liking to the, to the, the little brother, like, uh, mm -hmm. they have that. It's like an adorable moment that I was kind of like, because I, it was more so just because I'm like a, a goofy idiot and I couldn't tell what age range that kid was supposed to be. And I thought the, the teenagers were supposed to be, you know, like 17, 18 year old range. And like that chubby kid looked like he was maybe like 13, 14. So it's like, oh, it's kind of weird. This chick's kind of like putting the moves on this kid. But, you know. Oh, you're talking about the first one. I think you're talking about the second one. Yeah, the first one. Like, yeah, the what is she like Asian? Good the for Asian him. Chick? Yeah, she looks like she's like Asian and like Puerto Rican or like Italian or something. It was like uh, she, <laughs> I, I all I, the diversity in one character. <laughs> well, I, I only say that because there's a girl I went to high school with that was like uh, I think she's half uh, like half Cambodian, half Puerto Rican, but she ended up looking like really Italian. She kind of looks like Gal Gadot now. 
Uh, huh. But yeah, it's like uh, I mean, she's a pretty girl, but I was like, you you can't quite place uh, her her look. Uh, and like she's she's one of the nicer characters. She's like you know, grounded, normal human being, and uh, has that like adorable moment with the black kid, and then gets the most violent death. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because she's like the only consistently like, I guess, good person other than the the little kid. Uh, the little kid survives too, right? Doesn't he? He survives. Her brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I mean. Like she's, she's kind of like the, the sad loss at the end. Cause it's like, you know, the burnout stoner, dumb, chubby kid. It's like, Oh, whatever. But, uh, that, that girl is like, God damn. Like she got it bad for a chick who is, you know, just like a friend kind of helping out. Uh, the only real oh, bad yeah, thing yeah. She, she does is fucked up. She she's the one that folds and is like, let's just give the fuck, let's give your girlfriend to the witch. But I mean, that's completely reasonable at that point when shit's gone completely sideways like that. But at the same time, Dina is more than willing to let her brother die. Like she doesn't seem to give any shit about what's going on with that, him. That's you know? what I mean, though. Is like her like her angle is still reasonable and justified. So it's like at the end of the day, she's the most decent human being in that whole first movie, and she gets absolutely fucking brutalized and that like yeah. stupid stoner kid who's useless throughout they again they're not like driving home any of the points i thought this movie was trying to make and uh that kid just kind of had like a mindless like almost like jumps they do that like off screen just like an axe swings in and hits him in the head and he's just done for uh yeah, yeah it was weird who did you think i was talking about in the second one I think I'm about the the main girl in the second one who is uh Well the main girl's the ginger chick. Well, well yeah, but I mean it's the ginger her chick and her sister. sister. They're kind of like interchangeably the That's the, the main whole thing again. Final the, girl. It's like the cameraman didn't know who the fuck he was supposed to be covering in the movie where the first one didn't know like half the movie the the kid is the main character and then his older sister and her lesbian girlfriend are like the focus of the movie but it never fleshes out like the ending to either of their stories really and leaves right. it open, which is why I think I'm worried that the third one is actually like a time travel thing and that it is them. I think like, it is because, well, we know that Dina will, not, not Dina. Wait, is it Dina? I'm trying to remember like one of them actually transports their consciousness back in time yeah because don't they, Dina. they say like at the end of the first one like we need to figure this out and they leave it on like a cliffhanger like they're gonna be in the next movie and that was when beth was like hang on so they're gonna go back in time to the 70s for the next one she was like what is happening now it's like we gotta go back to the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gotta go kill that witch. They go back to 1666 and the priest is there. Hey, butthead. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking Biff. <laughs> We're gonna fuck up this leather daddy really quick. What are you, chicken? What What did you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, the... Uh, now I feel like I need to get off of here and go watch that after. Uh, you know what would be kind of cool? Speaking of Back to the Future, if they had Crispin Glover in there as the preacher, he'd be great. An old 1600s preacher, Crispin Glover, having like a weirdo the whole time, just freaking everybody out on set. 
Give me Back to the Future, the fucking horror movie, dude. (laughs) That's brilliant. Give me the Back to the Future where he goes back in time, actually fucks his mom, and it yields horrific results in the present. Did you um did you watch that movies we love on Netflix but Back to the Future? I just added that to my list. I didn't realize they had a new season. Uh it's, I love uh, that they have Forrest Gump in there too. It's really funny because like Eric Stoltz basically treated it like you were just saying, like he thought of it of it as like a, a sad story, like a horror story. And so they're saying like the reason they got rid of him is because he kept like talking to them about how like how sad everything is and like being scared, like playing the character of Marty McFly, like scared and, and yeah, awkward and all over the place. And they were like, no, no it's supposed to be a him, fun movie. <laughs> yeah. No one told him the movie wasn't like Oscar bait. It's the most hilarious thing in the world. And he was coming off of, I was that before he did fucking the Rocky Dennis movie. It was after because the, the okay, producer, um, saw him in that and thought he was going to be a huge star. That's so what he I knew thought he was going to was... be like the, the lead. And what's funny is like, there's a scene. I, I won't give the whole thing away, but at the end of it, I mean, at, at, they were talking to him about the end of the movie and they're like, Oh, so, you know, and then what happens? Marty comes back to the future and his family is now like wealthy and everybody's happy and his dad's confident, blah, blah, blah. And he, Eric Stoltz is like, gets like it's all all morose and sad and he's like that's terrible and they're like what and he's like well because you know he goes back to a life that he never lived and he has no memories of what they have and blah blah, blah. and they're like it's a movie for teens dude calm down yeah but i remember reading something or seeing something like in like a documentary or something back in the day i hope they elaborate on it more but uh that guy that like the producers that reached out to him originally when they mentioned to his agent uh that you know they had seen his past work that's why i was like was the rocky dennis movie before or after so it must have been that they saw his work beforehand and his agent just assumed uh because you know he had done so much serious work in recent time that it was another like serious role not that it was going to be this like like fucking blockbuster sort of summer comedy for teens that it, right, that it right. was. And, uh, so, you know, it makes complete sense in an age of like no internet and shit like that. Uh, and you're just sort of like in the first big, like real, like, uh, like pop culture consumerism boom of the eighties, uh, for for him at least and through his agent management and everything to fucking go in thinking that that was going to be a serious movie but like after a couple of takes with fucking what's his name Christopher Lloyd or whatever right uh you you got to at least fucking know but it was like uh how that got all the way to production and they shot like a majority of the movie before anybody started stepping in and being like Hey, we have a huge problem here. There's supposedly yeah. like it's it's like a 75% cut of the movie. Like the movie was almost completely done shooting and they had been like editing it along as they were going, editing dailies down and everything. So like there's almost a full cut of that movie with Stoltz in it. That's like a suicide inducing laughless <laughs> movie. Uh Well, he's even serious in a some kind of wonderful. Like Oh, like, yeah. You know, that's that's basically just a uh, you know another teen rom com, and he's like super serious in that as well. well and, and the movie too, where he almost bangs uh he almost bangs his mom, he almost bangs uh, Leah Thompson. Uh, what was it? 
Oh, I forgot that was in that. Uh, I, I think I've seen that movie like once, and it was... Uh, well, that movie's too- funny because it's basically a redo for John Hughes. Because uh, what's the one with Ducky? Is that Pretty in Pink? I think so, because I think that's... But, you know, in the original Pretty in Pink... I seen all of it. Um, she's supposed to hook up with Ducky at the end. Because the other guy, like, you know, bounces on her and shit. But uh, what's-her-face... Fuck, I can't remember that. What's that girl's name? The redhead? Molly Ringwald? Molly Ringwald. She vetoed it because she thought John Cryer was ugly and she didn't see her character hooking up with him. So she vetoed it and had it had the ending changed so that she would hook up with the, the rich kid. But the original script is supposed to be Ducky. But So if you watch some kind of wonderful, it's basically the same exact movie. It's a guy who wants to hook up with the hot, you know, rich girl whose friend is secretly in love with him and at the end of it he ends up with the friend. He realizes that at the, the end person of it, he who really loves him his mom. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it he just fucks her anyways. <laughs> but that movie's basically just, you know, uh you know, John Hughes's uh mulligan so he can get the movie right. Because fucking Molly Ringwald had to change the ending that made no sense. Of course it would it's supposed to be Ducky. It makes no sense it wasn't Ducky. He is fucking great in uh, Pulp Fiction, too. He's a good uh, actor. He's just a little too serious for Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, too, because Back to the Future was him at like his like teen sensation like peak. They were like, he's a handsome dude. We had everything locked and loaded, ready to go. We thought we had our ace in the hole, and like they started rolling the movie, and somebody was like, "Oh, we're fucked! Like <laughs> we are so fucked." He's still in Rocky Dennis mode. You we're know, I, I would think like Marty in this scene would start cutting his wrist. Like, no, no, stop! <laughs> yeah, it's like guys, you guys aren't ready I, for it yet. <laughs> what happens if I kill myself in the past? Can I even go back to the future? All right, Jesus <laughs> Christ, we got to shut down this set. He's <laughs> like, he he can't stop fucking his mom. He's all method. He starts whipping his dick out when he's talking yeah. to Leah Thompson. <laughs> I'm a method actor. I banged my actual mom to get ready for this role. You can't fire me now. You can't fire me. I had sex with my mom. <laughs> you know, I I just think that like maybe Marty would hook up with his dad instead of his mom. He's like making out with Crispin Glover and stuff. <laughs> He'd probably maybe, you know, at least like Get your damn the- hands off me, Calvin. <laughs> He'd probably at least suck off the doctor a little bit. I mean <laughs> oh, the guy no. helped him go back in time. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's writing his own backstory for Marty. So then uh Doc Brown molests Marty. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't see it. We're not gonna shoot coverage of it, but when he first gets back to the past, uh he uses the doctor's uh uh naivete to to molest him. <laughs> he molests the doctor. Uh, he goes back in time and he tells the doctor the doctor sent him back in time to molest him in order to save the world. Uh, <laughs> it'd be a great subversion of, of stereotypes, you know? <laughs> he goes back to the future and Doc Doc's just waiting for him with a loaded shotgun. <laughs> just blows him away. You'll never touch my asshole again. <laughs> he, just, he just built the time machine to get him away from him. <laughs> he can't hurt me in the past. He can't hurt me in the past. Time's a flat circle. But then he has a memory of Marty molesting him as a child, too, because he sent him back to it as a child. <laughs> he shoots him back into the past. 
I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna fuck your child ass if it's my dying breath. I'm gonna fuck the the 18 gigawatts. What was what is it like 18.1 gigawatts into you? <laughs> Fucking just one gigawatt out of anyone is enough. <laughs> Girl, I'm about to hit you with that gigawatt. Uh, some kind of wonderful. Who was this chick? Look at that, that lesbian pixie cut back in the day, dude. That was like hot shit back in the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. She she looks like what's her name? Uh, is it she was Roth in, um... Rock? Oh, Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, she looks like her. She back was in, in a... a little bit. Oh shit! What was that fucking movie with Johnny Depp? Um, she was in that with him where he's like an old, like Mary silent Stewart film Masterson. fan. Benny and June. Remember Benny and June? That was her. Yeah. Mary Stewart Masterson. It's weird. She kind of, is she married to Eric Stoltz? Oh no. They just oh, did yeah. a reunion for entertainment weekly. Uh, I just found a picture of her. Uh, they did a reunion for Entertainment Weekly at some point. It looks somewhat recently. Uh, he looks like... He's horrifying. Uh, an old lesbian. She looks like an old blonde Kayla, though. That's really weird. Oh my god, you're right. She does. Yeah, it just looks like Kayla in a wig. <laughs> like, She's like, get the fuck off me, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fucking break this ginger kid. <laughs> she know he tried to fuck his mom. <laughs> oh man, look at the teeth on that girl. Oh, there's uh, what's his name? Uh, on the left, from Nightbreed. Yeah, the mouth. God, what is that guy's name? He was a good bully. Fucking uh, Casey Jones is in that movie too. Elias Cotes or whatever, right? Yeah, there he is right there. Yeah, there it is. Elias Cotes as Skinhead. That's a good actor. He's another one of the boys. Uh, this dude always fucking rocked. Great actor. Uh, him. He was one of those dudes, too. I feel like he was always kind of like, like, oh, you're like villainy, scumbaggy guy. Like, dude He's from New York. He's always been 40. He's always been yeah. 40. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, oh, God. Robert Davi a little bit, but that's not who I was thinking of. There's another guy like Robert Davi. Robert Davi's like perpetually 55, I think. I was in grade school, looking like he'd been through Nam. God, what the fuck is his name? Oh, it's a guy who kind of looks like Robert... Davi and uh, Wishmaster, Peter Weller. No, not uh, Devoff or whatever his name is. Was it? Andrew I love that you know all these guys' names. <laughs> it's another dude with like a grizzly fucking face, like Robert Davi. Uh oh, you know what? I think I just remembered. I also saw Freaky, the Vince Vaughn movie. That's a slasher film. Slasher oh, yeah. comedy. They just added that on HBO, right? Yep. 
How was that? Uh, it's kind of disappointing. It's not bad. It's just another one of those movies where, like, it doesn't, you know, go like we were just saying, like, it doesn't go far enough to really be a fun slasher film, and it's not really a, a good comedy. It's just that kind of like it's kind of like Jumanji, you know, the the new The Rock and Kevin Hart movies, where like they're not bad movies. They're like just inoffensive, dumb movies that you can kind of turn your brain off on, but you're not going to be like talking about it five minutes later. Not the worst thing you've ever seen, but not anything you're really going to go out and like buy or anything. I mean, it was a spin on Freaky Friday. I think the actor I'm thinking of was in Pulp Fiction. Vince Vaughn's good, though. He's always good. Jeff, you're normally my, my Huckleberry on this. Why don't you know what I'm talking about? Fucked up face fiction. Fucked up face dude. He's a bit part. I think he's like one of the bondage guys. Oh, the blonde guy? Slicked back hair, I think, in it. And I think he's I don't know his name. You know who I'm talking about now, though, right? He's got kind of But he's the one that a bunch of uh Peter Green motherfuckers. I thought it was was Richard Green. It's Peter Green. Motherfucker. Yeah, he's the villain in the mask movie. That's what I couldn't fucking think of. Jesus. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, he's the villain in something that we've talked about a fucking bunch. The guy looks like he's like dying of HIV, and he's all like almost always a villain, like That's piece a great of shit guy. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of true, but one of my favorite actors ever, and I cannot fucking remember the guy's name. Great in Blue Streak too. Uh, awesome Martin Lawrence movie from back in the day. Oh, I forgot uh, about that movie. Yeah, that was a good one. I think he's still around, too. I don't know if he's still in stuff, but this is a dude like s- such a fucking great actor. Yeah, still producing shit as of this year. Uh, this is a dude I would fucking love to work with. Uh, such a fucking rad actor. It's going to be hard to do that after you say he looks like he has AIDS. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what if he does, Jeff? What if he's just living out and proud? Um, <laughs> living his best HIV life. As John Travolta's right there in the corner, too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't say he has AIDS. I said HIV. I didn't say full-blown Peter Green. Yeah, he's, he's Magic Johnson, right? Yeah. Dude, Peter Green fucking rocks, man. See what I was saying now, too? Because he looks like fucking, uh, what's his name? Weller, who played RoboCop? He does. Yeah, he yeah, looks definitely. like Weller and Davi like got into the fucking Brundle machine. Yeah, it looks uh, like Davi and Weller were like, "Yeah, you want to do this?" Yeah. Yes, I do, citizen. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make the ugliest man alive? Uh, do you think RoboCop's dick shoots out just like his gun? You know, like his juju. <laughs> yeah, it rolls out the the head fucking compartmentalizes, flips out and cocks back. On your back or bent over, I'm coming inside you. The foreskin's a gunmetal slide. Uh, yeah. Uh, Priceless with Peter Green of Pulp Fiction, The Mask, and Danny Diablo. He surprisingly doesn't look that bad. Uh, when he does, holy shit. We're about to see this. We'll wrap on the ghost of Peter Green tonight. Uh, 
he looks like exactly the same, uh, less eyebrows, I guess. But before we go, though, one slasher film I want to recommend is the classic Sleepaway Camp. I rewatched that yes. again. That's still a great movie. Yes. It's so much fun. And The Burning. Pair those together. It's a fucking a good time. Uh, we're going to check this out really quick. I think I shared the audio. There's no audio. Oh, right I don't now. hear anything. Oh, I hear it now. We're good. <laughs> what? They should have revealed that whole quote all at once. That was weird. Is this one of those iPhone movies? Uh, yes. And it's shot. Yeah, it's got those like stock sound effect footsteps. <laughs> Clip clop. Is that Tom Hanks's kid? Curious. When? Why would you give you a nickname? I'm not. Let's, let's, let's cut the, the small talk. I'm here to get the cocaine. Get the fuck out of here. This guy's voice so is changing. Put his money in his bag right here. And now, let me see five. Sure. Would you mind? Oh, my manners. Sorry about that, bro. Let's see now. I'm looking at. I think you're going to find this to be. Uh, He's acting his culture. ass off in this, like student shot it's like 12 frames a second i don't know what the fuck's going on with this camera do you see that it's like it looks like mayhem miller it's a family heirloom quite beautiful isn't it see the resemblance yeah if he puts it on and turns green i'm gonna lose it (laughs) that dude that dude kind of looks like you know the knockoff tom hardy from prometheus yeah, he looks like the knockoff version of the knockoff version of Tom uh, Logan Marshall Fuck. Green. It's like multiplicity; they keep getting more retarded yeah, versions. <laughs> he keeps xeroxing a xerox of Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, he's he's fucking fried. Ooh, check it out. I got the money right here. What bugs? But 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 but. We're counting. on himself. What is he saying? Just little English little. things. <laughs> like, <laughs> broken. Oh, listen, I'm just. Lou, uh, <laughs> chew up. This guy's dressed like a homeless man. I don't know. What I he probably what is. I told you. They probably, probably found him on Skid Row. Take this wonderful product and leave. And I just want one thing. From wait, 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 wait. Stop. Listen, listen. Your soul. I like your soul. You won't miss it. Wait a second. So you're like a soul snatcher, like all oh, that little red. Yes, I'm like a soul Wait, snatcher. That's what you're trying to tell me right now? Something like that. Something like that. And it cuts out coming <laughs> soon. I mean, I could see him being a really cool devil. It's just uh Oh yeah, no, best, great great cast comp- for a devil, but uh Danny Diablo there. That must have been Danny Diablo, right? That he was talking to? That's exactly who that was. Who Uh, the fuck is Danny Diablo? We're about to find out. I guess we're not finishing just yet, Jeff. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Danny Uh, Diablo grew up on the tough streets of San Francisco. 
Danny Diablo. No one, uh, people, for Subway Sandwiches. A singer. Uh, an American hardcore punk and hip-hop vocalist from New York. Uh, Everything about that sounded awful. <laughs> from Scarhead and Ice Pick are the two bands. I've heard of Ice Pick before, uh, which is weird. Uh, pretty wacky. Um, but... Uh, that was the the goofiest sounding shit. Like that didn't come across as like a dude who grew up in the scene. That came across as like a, a homeless guy they pulled off the street and covered in fake tattoos. And those are all real tattoos. Yeah, uh, he's breaking the scene. He's like, when do I get my drugs? Like, just do the scene first, please. Yeah, big in the New York hardcore scene. God damn, he's 49 years old. He's been yep. in a ton of, a uh, of drug. different projects. Necro. Yeah, I've heard of a couple different bands this guy's been It sounds in. like he's just in... <laughs> he's not in a hardcore band music. He's making hardcore pornography where he's committing necrophilia. He did vocals <laughs> for the transplants at one point. Uh, yeah. Uh... It's like New York, like like gnarly, like old school hardcore. Um, just crusty motherfuckers throwing hands. Uh, that's cool, I guess. Crusty, all right, <laughs> but yeah, it was a strange, strange bit. Uh, kind of reminded me. Um, do you remember those BMW short films with Clive Owen? And they had them like I think Guy Ritchie directed some of them, and. Um, one of them was directed by, by Tony Scott, and Gary Oldman was in it. He played the devil, and it felt a lot like that one. Oh, that's amazing. You never uh, saw this? No. I think it's called, like, The Driver or something. They were, like, BMW short films. They had a whole series with Clive Owen and all these different directors, and Tony Scott did some and a bunch of other guys. Some of them are pretty good. They're, like, maybe 15 minutes each. What the fuck? Is Peter Green just friends with this Danny Diablo dude? He's on the dude's po Diablo's Den podcast. Is he like a co-host with him? Uh, no, he's a guest with uh, Dale Rage, a film and music video director. Uh... <laughs> uh... What the fuck, dude? I just hear about people running into him in, like, New York all the fucking time. Yeah, I'm uh, Jimmy Tough Guy. Hey, I got stupid names. <laughs> yeah, he just... That dude lives out in fucking, uh... In the city. And I guess he's just always out and about. I was like, uh... I want to hang out with, with Peter Green. Uh, I want to hire Peter Green to do a knockoff RoboCop movie. Cop Robot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Not bot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In blue circuits. <laughs> <laughs> Borg police. <laughs> uh, 
robot, police guy, share Jesus. Better alive. Resistance is futile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come home, police miss you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, good. Nice. He froze. a street fight? Does he threaten to rape them? That's why they stop fighting. Two black moms. Peter, Peter Green, full hand of titty. Not for him. Fucking A. I hate when people do that. They just let people fight like that, especially when it's like your family. But wouldn't it be great though if she got up and she was like, wait. You're Peter Green, star of such films as Pulp Fiction. <laughs> that was that was a traffic agent, an NYPD police officer, and a security guard for the building all standing there. And he was yelling at the cop, I'm assuming, but uh that's fucking amazing. Uh also this picture of Peter Green that someone has listed here, that's actually uh was it Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, I Silly and Murphy. I don't even know anymore. I've heard his name like eight different ways at this point. Nothing is real. Uh, <laughs> we're done here. We're going up to New York to find Peter Green. Fuck you guys. That's the show. <laughs> was it worth the girth? <laughs> 